What is up, listeners? This is Kiana, and you are listening to The Body. Today is part two of Heal It, Deal It. Uh, These episodes have been about starting to heal yourself and the steps that you can take if you are just kind of feeling stuck or unhappy with where you're at. Sometimes all it takes is a little look inwards, and that is what we talk about today. So thank you to all of my loyal listeners. If you are listening on Spotify, if you wouldn't mind rating this podcast or giving it a share if it is something that has touched you, the more you guys do that, the more people I can reach and that you get to influence their life and their healing journey, which is a really special thing and a really high responsibility that we have to one another's uh, inhumanity. So I will let you guys enjoy this podcast. Have a great week and I will talk to you later. Alright you guys, we are back this week talking about healing a little bit more. I started in the last week's podcast episode talking about healing and was kind of all over the place because healing is such a crazy topic and there's so many different facets that you can get into with healing. Today I'm a little bit, hopefully, a little bit more organized Um, And so I want to just kind of jump right into it because I've got my notes right in front of me and we are ready to do some learning. So I want to start off by talking about healing in a difficult time. Now, this looks different than just doing your everyday healing. So, for example, right now, I would consider this year, this is a year of firsts for me after having lost my stepdad this year. So I would say that I still have to work on healing that pain and that grief um, passively while also actively healing my traumas that I've been working on for a long time. And now when you're experiencing grief, you don't really want to do a lot of anything. Like I was able because I already had the habits beforehand before this trauma occurred I already was like someone who went to the gym and exercised regularly so for me it was definitely um so helpful that I already had that as part of my routine I would say because I was able to even though it wasn't as consistent it wasn't as a long amount of time I wasn't lifting as heavy through the immediate um like aftermath of that in this past August Um, I was still able to understand the value and importance of regular intentional movement. So even if I was just doing like a quick stretch or I was doing yoga and that was it, or I was doing like three sets of five different exercises at the gym and that was it, I wouldn't really push myself. But exercise, as we know, is a huge helper when it comes to healing those like deep-rooted traumas as you exercise and move your muscles the emotions that are stored within them also release so when you are squatting really heavy and you're exerting all of your energy on picking that weight up it's really hard for you to focus on your friend who stabbed you in the back five years ago and you're still angry about that when you can put all of your energy in every single cell in your body towards doing that squat or doing the X, Y, and Z class and and not focus on whatever it is that you're storing in those muscles, that's when 
you start to see gains in your body, your body starts to heal, and then you start to get almost addicted to those like endorphins that your body releases. And I honestly think that God like made it spe- the designed the body specifically so that when we exercise, we feel good, we release hormones that make us feel good, and then we want more of those, and eventually we start liking the exercise. And that's just a beautiful way, almost a reward from God through the body of like, you did something good for your body, here's the reward, here's the endorphins, here is some relief from your depression or from your anxiety. And if you come again and do this tomorrow, you're gonna feel the same thing. So healing in a difficult time, if you can even just take a walk or you can stretch for 10 minutes, it gives your body the permission to relax and your mind and your emotions to flow freely which doesn't always happen when we are trying to heal in in a difficult time. Um, So that's exercise. I want to also incorporate the idea, and this goes for just like healing your your long-term traumas, things that have affected you for a long time um, in a time of difficulty. So again, I'm referring to grief. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe it's a relationship issue, which I would also categorize under grief sometimes. Um, maybe it's your pet or your, you know, there's so many different things that could, that could contribute to it being a difficult time. Sometimes just the holidays is enough to put people on edge. So something else that you can do if it's specifically a difficult time for you is, like I said, walking, journaling is really great. If you don't think that you're very good at just like, um, like fluid writing, like stream of consciousness writing, which is where you just like write whatever thoughts come into your head, then sometimes a journal prompt is very helpful just to get you started on that path. And now they sell journals that already have prompts for you, or you can just buy a notebook and go like, I'll go on Pinterest and search journal prompts and just pick a random one, scroll, scroll through pick a random one, and then I'll answer that question. And it forces me to think. It forces me to ask deep questions. And when I was first starting my trauma healing, like I'm talking about like from my childhood, from friendships, from like how our parents always scar us, like whether or not they mean to, you know, our parents did the best that they could and they, you know, we're forming little human beings. So it's easy to mess up sometimes if we're not, you know, totally sure what we're doing. So I, and I'm not a parent, so I'm just imagining that it's probably very difficult. And I know that my parents did the absolute best that they could, and I still turned out like a mess, but I'm doing a good job. So I'll take that. (laughs) So I digress. Journaling is very, very helpful to get your thoughts out of your mind. Um, journaling can be a good way to, to name emotions. Sometimes if you're not sure what you're feeling, if you get it down on paper, you're able to more easily give the emotion that you're feeling a name, whether it be like sadness, anxiety, frustration, a lot of our Uh, negative feeling emotions there's no such thing as a negative emotion emotions just they come and they go they give your mind and your body like an idea of how you're feeling that day so there's nothing that's good or bad about them but the ones that kind of don't feel as good in your body um it's good to get them out on paper and generally those ones that don't feel as good in your body stem from fear 
So sometimes if you can write about that and just kind of figure it out, like what it is, like, for example, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm feeling really tired if I were to be journaling these things and um, I'm not happy with how my body feels. And so if you kind of start to like listen to those three sentences, it might kind of seem like, oh, well, maybe she's afraid of change or maybe she's afraid of going to the gym or taking that next step. So if you can name what it is that you're afraid of, it makes it a little bit less scary. Um, so that is journaling. Uh, music, I actually think, is also a really great way to help start healing yourself. And I don't mean like listening to hood rap and whatever else. I find that like calming music, so I didn't used to be a friend, uh, a friend, <laughs> um, I didn't used to be a fan of classical music, like instrumental music, and I'd always be frustrated in the car with my mom, like, why don't you want to listen to the radio, why don't you want to listen to Kiss 108 and all the hip-hop music, or like, <laughs> whatever it was, she was like, well, because sometimes I just want it to be quiet, like, I don't always want music blasted in my ears, and I just didn't understand that until a couple years ago, and now I can really appreciate and value, uh, like, someone's talent, first of all, the beauty and how hard it is to learn an instrument and to make it sound beautiful, but also, how nice it is not to have words blasted in your face and like I'm all for female empowerment you know you go get it girl or like whatever but that goes for dudes too um but I do find that a lot of music is very derogatory towards men and women both and I find that when I'm listening to listening to that if I'm of like sober mind heart and spirit the lyrics like are like friction with me it's like sandpaper I listen to the lyrics and I'm like oh like this is about some girl's butt and like this is just not fulfilling and enriching my soul. So I find that listening to something that is like classical or I love like listening to Christian music. Obviously, if you guys know me or you've been listening for even one episode, you guys know how much I love Jesus, but they have great Christian music that is not just your Sunday hymns. There's like Christian screamo, Christian hip-hop, Christian rock, um, Christian like EDM, which is actually awesome from when I'm working out because I like an upbeat tune when I'm working out, but I don't always like to listen to like big booty girls. So <laughs> like, yes, get it, grow your booty, get really strong, but I don't really want to hear you singing about it all the time. That's just my preference these days. It used to be different. But yes, so music can really make or break your healing process sometimes too. It's different for everyone. I'm not a therapist. I'm just speaking from experience here on my own healing journey. So those are kind of three things that I have found to be specifically helpful. And on the contrary, I want to talk about things to avoid. So when you're in your healing process, it can be... um, like natural for us especially if it's something that runs in our family to like want to fill that void with a substance like alcohol or you want to go start partying or you start spending money or you start sleeping around like these are not things that are building your character at all and so if you're in a time of you're really trying to actively heal and specifically if you're in a time of that that's difficult like grief where your your emotions are extra heightened and your pain sensors are like extra heightened as well 
it can be easy to turn towards alcohol or towards a substance. And in the end, when you wake up the next day, you're no better for having taken that route to, to help you feel better or whatever. You really just numbed the pain and didn't take any steps towards fixing the root cause of the pain. And so I would definitely say that you should avoid um, using a substance to fill that space or numb the pain that you're feeling or the emotion that you're feeling. Just kind of take it for what it is and let it go. But I find that doing something like journaling or music or exercise will leave you feeling better the next day. You will have grown. You will have moved and gotten out of your comfort zone, even though maybe you want to lie on the floor in a ball. At least you just moved and stretched your body instead of alcohol, while very fun, or it can be, is essentially like drinking poison and it alters your body and your mind. And it's... it. there's not like one good thing about alcohol and you can argue oh well red wine is good for your heart it's like choosing the better of two evils essentially it's like yeah sure it's still bad for you though and so if that's what you're choosing to do to try and heal pain or get you through something you're really just making a larger problem for you for yourself in the long run so definitely avoid um using a substance to try and fill that gap in your healing process. Now, next on the list to discuss, hmm, do we talk about crying or do we talk about grace? Let's talk about crying and just rip that off. Um, if you're a dude, maybe crying really isn't something that is comfortable for you. And I totally get it. We were raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of just shove your feelings down and you're not supposed to have them. But then a lot of the time, especially in men, they display as anger, which can do a lot more damage than sadness because sadness people can really relate to. Um, And if you're acting from a place of sadness, someone might be able to sympathize with you. But if you instead push those feelings down, you know, your friend stabs you in the back. You lost your mom when you were 10 years old. Your friend cheated, whatever, X, Y, Z it is. Um, If you're holding on to those things and you're not expressing sadness, they will simmer in your body until they are... Um, like crude anger and resentment and then it comes out as road rage or you're trying to get your kid to be quiet in the store and you yell at them and you say something that you don't want to say to them and that damages them for a long time and so now your anger has affected another generation and as as a Christian, but as a good parent as well, you really want to think about what chains can you break for your children because this world is difficult and you want them to be the best, strongest versions of themselves. And if you're degrading them and letting anger be something that comes out towards them, um, well, you're just not doing the world any service, nor are you doing your relationships or your family any service. So again, I digress. Crying doesn't have to be you being a blubbering heaping mess on the ground i and crying also isn't necessarily strictly for being sad now (laughs) i will cry when i'm angry sometimes but i also cry when i'm really happy i cry when i'm filled with joy i cry when i'm moved at church when the worship music just touches my heart i cry um let's see 
oh, I don't really, like, guess I don't want to talk about all the things that would make me cry. And it's not like I'm always on the floor blubbering about everything, but I'm in touch with myself. I let those emotions move. And sometimes it's just like a tear that comes down. Sometimes I'm filled with joy and my eyes well up and my face flushes. And these are good tears. But if you're trying to heal you're thinking about things that have hurt you deeply and it's okay and if you need to do this alone that's totally fine you can be physically alone but just know that you're never truly alone you have people who love you people who are praying for you whether or not you believe in god he still loves you and you're never truly alone and he the bible says that god is rejoices you rejoice with the people who are happy and you mourn and you're sad with the people who are weeping and so god will meet you wherever you're at so even if you think you're alone and you need to go and cry and be by yourself just know that there's always a comforting energy and a comforting love there that's available to you because healing can be really uncomfortable deep work you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you were all about the fluffy life we talk about you know real things in this so um please guys i'm gonna talk specifically to you please don't be afraid if you need to go and do it by yourself that's fine but releasing those emotions is going to make you a better mate a better husband a better dad a better friend a better uncle a better brother a better son um just because you're able to kind of pinpoint those emotions and let them go instead of letting them boil into something else and i know i said dudes that can go for females too but generally speaking we're cooler with crying. (laughs) Um, Now we'll talk about grace. Grace is the good stuff. I may have mentioned it in last week's podcast, but I want to just go over how important it is. Again, some days you're going to feel good and you're going to feel like, oh good, the healing is working. The meditations, the journaling, the music, the walking is working. And some days you're not going to feel that great. There are days, and now I'm still only a few months out from having my stepdad pass away, but there are still days where I'll wake up and I'm like, wow, I'm so exhausted. Like, I know I had this plan to go to the gym and do a crazy workout, but I think the most that I can do today is just some stretching and some like mobility work. And that is grace. That is what grace is. It is meeting yourself where you're at. And I don't mean like being like an excuse for laziness where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lay in bed today because I don't want to do the workout. Like, no, I'm legit with myself. Like, if I'm just saying it because I don't want to get up and do it, like, then come on, we're going to do it. But if I'm saying, you know what, I'm just going to stretch today because my body feels like it needs more recovery, then that's what I'm going to do because I want to listen. I want to respect what my body is telling me. And that is a huge part of helping heal your body. Your body starts to trust you and that you understand the signs that it's giving you and that just becomes a big circle of healing uh let's see i know i talked about listening to podcasts and ted talks that's another great thing to do um if you are healing during a difficult time just because if you can be learning and you can keep your mind off of the things that are particularly painful And that's not to say you're completely ignoring them, but, you know, sometimes you have stuff to do during the day. So if you can listen to something and be learning, then that is a great way to take your mind off of the acute pain and still kind of be growing as a person. So TED Talks, podcasts, there are thousands. 
and thousands of topics. When I was first starting my healing journey, I would listen to ones about emotions and um, I would listen to things about like how you can become a better person or how you can heal yourself or how I would listen to TED Talks about depression and TED Talks about joy and TED Talks about exercise and all these different things that were kind of contributing. So even though I wasn't fully healed and we never are fully healed, I was still learning things in the process that would help me get there. And even if I was too tired or too upset to apply them right away, they still affect me now. And there are things that pop up in my memory sometimes from podcasts that I've listened to. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that I would need that podcast three years later, you know? So that's a great thing that you can do. Um, All right, this one is kind of different. Sometimes you are the one who hurt yourself. So you made a decision that hurt a friend, you made a decision that hurt your family or hurt you as a person, hurt your your character and your reputation. And so healing can sometimes be hard if it's not someone, someone else who's done you wrong, but rather you made a decision that did you wrong. And so it can be a little bit harder to heal in this area because it's easy, or I don't want to say easy, but you know, you're angry at yourself, so it's easy to not think about it. It's easy sometimes to blame others for that um, unhealing that you have. And so a huge part in the healing journey, especially if it's something that you did that you're not proud of, is first of all, owning responsibility. And then second of all, letting go of what is not yours. And so if we are talking about... um healing yourself because of something that you did the first thing that you need to know and I'm going to speak to you as a Christian right now is that God died to forgive you already he died 2,000 years ago to forgive you for what you he knew you were going to do nothing that you have done no screwing your friend over no screwing your family over no quitting a job without your two weeks or whatever um no drunk driving running a red light like whatever you can think of that is something that you would not be proud of jesus already knew that you were going to do it and he died for you anyway and so there's not a thing under the sun from ruining a relationship to ruining a job to what to spending too much money there's not a thing that you can do that makes you a worse person than anyone else and i do mean that and people might argue with that but at the end of the day screwing up is screwing up and there's always room for change and there's some people who i would say i would say most people are they want to do good in the world and uh i read this thing one time that says conviction says i did a stupid thing Whereas the ego says, I am stupid. And so when you're speaking from your ego and you're saying, I am stupid, you're first of all speaking that into existence, which is not cool because not only are your your mouth is saying the words, your ears are receiving the words and your vocal cords are expressing them. And now, and your mind is thinking them. That's like so many planes of existence that you just received that information, that untrue information on based off of a lie. You are not stupid you may have done a stupid thing but that does not make you stupid and so you need to start 
grinding that into your head because I hear too many people say offhandedly these things like, oh, I'm so stupid or that was so dumb or I'm an idiot. And I'm like, no, you're being a little dramatic. Maybe that's all you're guilty of. But you did a stupid thing and that's fine. But your ego, when you say I am stupid, you're making it about you. When you say I did a stupid thing, it makes it about something you did in the past unrelated to who you are now. And so regardless of what it was, your healing process will take you further if you can start to decipher between what is your responsibility to work on and what you are going to let go of moving forward. And if you have people in your life who can't let go of whatever that stupid thing is that you did, you might need to just take a step away from them for a little while because you're not going to be able to move forward in your healing if you've truly changed your decisions and your morals, uh, if those people are still holding that over you and putting that down, putting you down for it and like reminding you of it every year or whatever it is. So I have no patience for that at all. Um definitely start to look inward on yourself of do I call myself stupid or do I just know that I've done stupid things because once you start to differentiate between the two you can separate I am not stupid I did a stupid thing I am not stupid I am smart I did something that was unwise and I have changed because of it and that's the best outcome that you could ask for so that's what I'm going to give you guys on healing this week that was a lot of information i asked today that the holy spirit kind of speak through me again i'm still getting used to podcasting and you may have even noticed today's is a day late but that was because yesterday i got a surprise day off and i've been going so crazy with work that i was like you know what these podcasters um or rather the listeners they're so good but i know they can wait one more day for this and i got to rest and i got to do like fulfilling activities on a Monday I got to sleep in which was really nice so (coughs) excuse me that is what I have for you guys today oh before I wrap it up heal it deal it why did I call this episode heal it deal it is because when you start to heal yourself you start to deal hope to the people around you and so when you heal yourself buddy it's not just for you it's for your family it's for your children it's for your grandchildren if you can break chains now you are changing your family's story for years and generations to come and so when people see you healing yourself from something that has happened in your past again whether it was done to you or you did it to yourself People look at that, they know your situation and they see you healing, you're giving them hope. So you're dealing them hope. (laughs) In the Christian community, we always make jokes like, oh, are you a hope dealer? You don't have to be a Christian to be a hope dealer. You just need to start taking steps towards healing and you'll find that you're starting to bring a little more hope and a little more light to the people in your life and they will notice. So that's what I've got for you guys today. I wish you a very Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. I hope that you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you next week.